The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. The city's fire chief says his department inspected every Richmond public school building this academic year and cleared them of code violations. VPM News recently published an investigation into repeated failures to document annual inspections of each public school, a trend that predated the COVID-19 pandemic. Fire Chief Melvin Carter told City Council Tuesday that changes made after a 2021 city audit have greatly improved RFD's inspection rate. He pointed specifically to increased communication between the department and Richmond Public Schools. I will tell you 150% the relationship is stronger, better, and definitely more resilient. It, It shouldn't have taken these years to get to where we are, but we're here now. According to Carter, representatives from both RFD and RPS now meet monthly to discuss maintenance issues. Read more about school fire safety at vpm.org unchecked. The City of Richmond and RVA Diamond Partners have finalized an agreement to build a new baseball stadium for the Flying Squirrels, but the $90 million project could be completed too late to meet a deadline set by Major League Baseball, according to Richmond BizSense. The MLB recently took over managing minor league baseball and set a 2025 deadline for new facility standards to be met. In addition to the stadium, the Diamond District will include residential and retail space, as well as a hotel. City Council members eliminated parking requirements for new development in a 7-0 vote on Monday. VPM News' Jad Khalil reports 28 pages of regulations were eliminated. Until Monday, a new single-family home in Richmond needed to be built with one parking space. Some new apartments needed two spaces for every three units. A retail store, one parking spot for every 300 square feet. How many to build now is up to developers, says Councillor Andreas Addison. I do believe that as parking is built, it now becomes an asset of investment. If a developer wants to provide access to their parking spaces, they can. They will. Proponents argued the policy will help the housing crisis, but not so fast as Ben Teresa from VCU's Wilder School of Government and Public Affairs. I wouldn't really characterize that as an affordable housing strategy so much as creating the rules for development that we'd like to see in the city. The idea is more land means lower development costs. But whether those savings are actually passed on to renters or is really dependent on the market context. City Council took other steps to address Housing Monday, including the approval of an agreement to redevelop Creighton Court. Jad Khalil, VPM News. A planning commission decision to reject a proposed fire training burn building at a Southside Community Center could be overturned. In rejecting the proposal, the commission said the building would overtake existing green space on Southside. The city has set goals to increase green space in that part of town. Mayor LeVar Stoney and Councillor Reva Trammell introduced a competing ordinance in the Public Safety Standing Committee on Tuesday. The Fire Department and the Department of Parks and Recreation say the majority of nearby residents they reach support the proposed facility. 
During his first foreign trade mission, Governor Glenn Youngkin signed an executive order establishing an economic development office in Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. The announcement comes after Youngkin met Monday with the country's president to discuss trade and investment initiatives, according to the Associated Press. Youngkin will travel to Japan and South Korea later this week. His visit comes amid heightened tensions between the United States and China, which claims Taiwan as its own territory. A Charlottesville Circuit Court judge heard arguments Tuesday in a lawsuit over the fate of the city's Robert E. Lee Monument. Calvin Penn, reporting for VPM News, says the hearing ended without a ruling as the judge reviews more information. The Lee statue was removed in 2021 and promised to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center. They intend to smelt it and use the material for a new art installation. Andrea Douglas, executive director of the Jefferson Center, said today's lack of a ruling has not derailed the project. Our intent is to move forward and this, this event is not deferring our actions in the project writ large. The Ratcliffe Foundation, which runs the Ellenbrook Museum in Southwest Virginia, submitted a bid for the statue in October 2021 and sued the Jefferson School in the city of Charlottesville, claiming the city violated state antitrust laws. Representatives for the Ratcliffe Foundation were not available for comment, and a trial date has yet to be scheduled after multiple continuances. That was Calvin Penn reporting. The U.S. Supreme Court has renewed a lawsuit over the Mountain Valley Pipeline's ability to take private land through eminent domain. A district court judge previously tossed the suit filed by six Southwest Virginia landowners, according to the Roanoke Times. They were told to petition the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, the same body that granted eminent domain to the pipeline. The landowners argue taking private land is a congressional power and should not have been handled by the regulatory agency in the first place. Though some permitting issues remain, the company overseeing the project says it will be completed by late 2023. Women are the fastest-growing group in the veteran population, according to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. But health care for women vets is still catching up. The newly created Women's Health Center on the campus of Richmond VA will expand services for thousands of women vets. In a conversation with VPM News Morning host Phil Lyles earlier this week, Marley Skinner, the Women Veterans Program Manager, said it's more than a new building, it's a new experience. What I would really like for for our women veterans to know, um, especially ones that have not been happy with what's available for women in the past, um, please come out and and give us another try and let us show you that you, you really are not invisible, that we see you when I do community outreach, that is one of the things that has been repeated um, numerous times, especially by our older women veterans, is that they feel invisible. Nationally, it has been noted that our trust scores with women veterans are not the same as our males and that we have not had the all-encompassing services for our women veterans that, that we have for our male veterans. Why do you think it took so long for this facility to be built? Well, you know, in the government, there's several layers that have to occur before something of, on this scale is completed. It's been about 10 years in the making, but we are really excited that now um, is the time. So how long have you been open? We saw our first patient on April 5th, and we had our official grand opening on uh, this past Friday, which is April 21st. Do you know how many women are seen at the Women's Health Center on a regular basis? We have the capacity for 4,000, 
currently we are building up to the 4,000, so we are, have not maxed out the capacity of the primary care doctors here. And right now we're probably running somewhere around two to 3,000. What's been the reception so far from the women using your facility? Our women veterans have absolutely loved it. Um, the natural lighting from the windows to the empathy of the staff that's here. Um, it's clear that we are here to serve and that they 100% enjoy being in this safe space. Now, you're offering so much more than you were over in the VA. Well, and that's why we call it a women's health center as opposed to women's health clinic, which is what we had before. We are going to be offering comprehensive primary care, radiology services to include mammography and uh, regular chest x-rays and, and things of that nature. We will be offering lab services, pharmacy, mental health, social work. So our plan is to make it as encompassing as possible for our women veterans so that only their absolute specialty cares, which, which would be outside of the normal women's health, would need to be done um, on the outside. They could get everything else done here. Now, what services are being offered right now? Currently, we have comprehensive primary care and gynecology. Radiology, we anticipate being live this summer. Social work and mental health are already here. I, I apologize. Everything is here except specialty care. I just want to thank you so much <laughs> for taking the time to speak with me this morning. Well, thank you for taking the time to come down and allowing us to showcase what we are doing for our women veterans, and hopefully it will bring in more of our women veterans within our system. That's what we aim to do. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. PM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.